I want to welcome everybody back to Finding the One Podcast. This is your host, Reese. We are on episode three. Episode three will be about abuse, mental versus physical abuse. Just some of the telltales to look for, some of the signs, you know, some of the reasons why maybe a relationship couldn't work or didn't work because maybe this is the abuse was current or the abuse was from past tense and it hindered that person from being able to love you or being able to trust you or being able to just open up more to you because maybe they've been in an abusive relationship. Now, the thing about abuse is one is not worse than the other. Physical abuse holds years and years of trauma, um, you know, and then so does mental abuse. Mental abuse, some say mental abuse is worse than physical abuse. My personal opinion, I 100% agree that mental abuse is a lot worse because at least with physical abuse, you can heal. Yes, you can look at it, you'll see the scar, but you can heal. Your body heals itself. So after time and after therapy and after just, you know, rehabilitation, depending on how bad the physical abuse was, you can get back to your your ways. But mental abuse takes a real drain, a real toll on you. You never know what might trigger something, what might trigger a memory, what might trigger uh, an unhappy point in your time, a point in your life. So we're just going to talk about some of the mental versus physical and just kind of go through that. And and the reason this is important is because, for an example, uh, we'll start off with the mental abuse. Some of the signs I noticed with mental abuse in the past was um, someone might have told their the, uh, this spouse, uh, you're not pretty anymore. You know, when you tell someone they're not pretty anymore, no matter how confident they are, that can kill your insight, especially depending on the voice it's coming from. This is coming from a parent, a loved one, a potential loved one, a friend. They have they hold a lot more weight. Their values, their opinions hold a lot more weight than if a stranger told me you weren't you weren't as pretty. Or you were pretty but you're not as pretty. Or a classmate told you, Yeah, you're pretty, but you're not pretty anymore. So it, it definitely holds weight and value depending on who tells it to you. But but it also depends on what kind of person you are because some people it could be a stranger telling them that and they just ball up in tears. It just depends on do you wear your heart on your sleeve and how you view uh, people's opinions of you, whether you could care less, whether you want to. You're that kind of person who always wants to get everyone's approval and gets everyone's uh, opinion on things. But for sure, uh, say, telling someone you're not pretty anymore it's hurtful because you you stop and you think you're like well you know I was once pretty why aren't I pretty anymore then you start second guessing everything you know when you get dressed in the morning you second guess the outfit because like oh is this outfit pretty enough is this will this make me look pretty enough will this make me look handsome enough you know do I have to spend you know I'll just tell you a little side note here um makeup companies they depend on that they rely on that I mean, look at how they brand it. Oh, age-defined, anti-age, you know, um, age, age, age. Everything has to have an age to it. Now, we all know ladies can be a little sensitive about their age, you know, especially once you hit a certain year. You're like, all right, well, you, you don't talk about your age. You don't put it on a birthday cake anymore. 
you're just kind of like, okay, so yeah, I got older. You know, you don't really be like, oh yeah, I'm turning 57 or whatever age. Um, it's just a lady thing I've noticed. It's a trend. Guys don't really care too much. They kind of laugh it off like, yeah, I'm, I'm 59. You know, hey, you know, another day on the earth. But women are more uh, particular about those kind of things. So saying someone's not pretty anymore it's kind of how they're selling you on items and clothes and makeup and all kind of things by just it's a mental game oh you know uh i mean everybody knows what they what they look like now what they used to look like and maybe you used to love how you look when you were 21 and 22 and 23 but now you're in your late 40s 50s and 60s and you're like wow you know so when a commercial comes up that says anti-age defying or rejuvenating or the fountain of youth, like all this stuff is playing to your mental. It's playing to your mental and making you think, okay, maybe I'm not as pretty as I once was, but if I buy this product, I could be. So, I mean, not just advertisements, but even, you know, day-to-day life people will tell you that. So another mental thing is you gain weight. I think that's really hard for you to tell someone Um, There's nicer ways to say it. There's ways of, you know, informing someone of that without informing someone of that, you know. Um, Because if you, I've noticed in my experience, if you just go out and say it, you know, it can be hurtful. Especially on your approach, how you say it, it can all be very hurtful. So you telling someone... Oh, you gain weight. You know, they, some people, depending on who it is or how your delivery is, it can be considered pretty hurtful. Um, another one for mental is no one else will want you. Now, when someone tells you something like that, no one else will want you, it's a way of them getting in your psyche to make you think, okay, the best you could do is me. Doesn't matter how I treat you, doesn't matter how I speak to you, doesn't matter how. You know, I address you. I'm the best you can do. So don't even consider leaving me. Don't even consider, you know, walking out or having your own thoughts and ideas because the best you can do is me. And that's that's the best you'll always be able to do. And it and it's hurtful. You know, it's hurtful to tell someone that uh, it's not nice. It doesn't make anyone feel good to say I'm the best you can do, especially when this person is abusing you physically. So it's like, you know, they're abusing you physically and then they're telling you stuff like, you can't do better than me, I'm all you deserve, and you treat me like crap, you know? You can't treat someone like crap and then you tell somebody I'm the best you deserve because then after years of telling somebody that, it, 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 they believe it. They start to believe it in their heart. They start to, you know, question like, well, maybe this is what I deserve. Maybe this is all I'm good for is being this punching bag. So definitely a red flag you want to look into. And definitely if you've heard that, that is a form of abuse. Um, No one else will love you like I do. This one is always very interesting because what people fail to realize is that you have to love yourself first. That's the most important thing. You can't love another individual without loving yourself first. If you don't have love for yourself, how can you give that love to someone else? How can you give love to someone and you don't even understand how to love the most important person, which is yourself? So when people say no one else will love you like I do, it's another way of trapping you and mentally holding you and making you think like, okay, this person is the only person in the world that will ever love me. 
And usually they tell you, oh, your family doesn't love you. Your family doesn't care about you. Why are you worried about them? You know, what's the concern? You start thinking all this stuff in your head because it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe they're right. Maybe my parents don't love me the way they told me all these years they did. Or maybe they don't care for me. Or maybe my friends don't feel me. Or they're jealous of us, you know, because they're single and we're in a relationship. You know, they got, they start, you start questioning everything. So definitely look out for that as well. Uh, another thing I've heard uh, from conversation is take that off. It looks stupid on you. You know, you've ever went outside, maybe went shopping, found an outfit that you was like, oh my God, I love this outfit. I think it's going to be so nice. It's so great. And then the person that you want to show it off to and you know, present it to and really just show the world to. And then you go ahead and you, that person's like, oh, nah, it looks stupid on you. You look fat in that. You look, you know, that's not a good color for you. It looks terrible on your skin. Like, that's all mental abuse, you know. You could say, hey, I'm glad you love the dress or what is it that you love about the dress? There's a lot of ways you can go about it by asking to get, like, their thought process because for an example someone comes to me and they say hey I really love this dress what do you think it's like oh okay that's an interesting dress what made you choose this one they maybe they say hey you know what I never really wear colors all I wear is like black so I wanted to try a colorful dress and I really like this one so now I understand the reasoning on why you picked this bright bright dress and why is it uh why did you choose it but to just shut it down automatically by doing that uh it is a form of mental abuse and by just doing that maybe that person now never want to even try to wear any colors or add any color to their wardrobe because it's like well the time i tried to wear color he was like well that's stupid why do you have that on or that's ugly why are you wearing that um another thing you have to watch out for is people wanting you to cut off your family and your loved ones this is huge when it comes to mental abuse that's a huge red flag because here these are. This is your support system. It was your support system from the time you didn't know they were a support system to the time where you start to learn what a support system is to the time where you became an adult and you still needed a support system. Now here it is, someone, man or woman, came into your life and they're telling you that I'm the only support system you need. You don't need them. Now how is it that you've had this support system that got you to where you got to for the last 20, 30, however many years you are. And this person who comes into your life for all of 20 minutes is telling you, disregard everything they've done from you from the time you were in Pampers all the way till now because they're the only support system you need. Not only is that mental abuse, but that's a red flag because now I'm wondering, okay, if our situations get a little rough or things happen or stuff starts to spiral, I can't even go to my family and friends who I trusted and they and I know will have my back because I've now turned my back on everyone, everyone that loved me, everyone that cared about me to chase after this person who has no good intentions with me at all. Because anyone that would tell you to cut off your friend, cut off your best friend. Now, let me back this up just a little bit. Let me clarify if you have a relationship, for an example, with an ex, and there's still sparks there, you're still attracted to them, they're still attracted to you, 
your spouse says, hey, I can see that there's still something there. I need you to cut that off. That's a different situation because, you know, when there's still sparks, you have sparks, they have sparks for each other and stuff arises or all this stuff is going on and you have the sparks, the chances of you getting into a situation, you know, oh, we got drunk and this happened or oh, uh, this and that happened. I wasn't feeling well, so I laid down. The chances, the chances of activities happening increase because there's already that natural attraction. You no longer, you don't look at them as just a friend. You look at them more than that, whether it be you just lust them or whether it's just you just miss and think of the memories of what you did have and used to have. So when it comes to that, that's a whole nother conversation. That's not mental abuse that's like hey I noticed that this person is obviously not respecting us and obviously not um, respectful enough to let it go and they still want you and if anything was to happen to us they would be right there on top of you as far as hey what do you need I'm here for you trying to be that savior and we're just going through some um, disagreements right now so that is a person I do not need. And out of respect for your spouse, you should be comfortable doing that. Because if this is the person that you want to commit the rest of your life to, if they tell you and they give you valid reasons on this is the person that makes me uncomfortable and this person makes me uncomfortable because of this, then listen to them, hear them out, listen to their reasoning and adjust accordingly. It's not like I'm saying, hey, um, I want you to cut him off because he's a pretty boy and I don't trust you around pretty boys. That's kind of frivolous. But if he says, hey, I've seen the way you all interact. He still has feelings for you. You might still have feelings for him. I can't really decipher, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'd rather not continue. And as that spouse, it is now the ball's in your court to say, hey, I don't want to do that. And where do we go from here? Or no problem, I'll cut them right off. Let me just have a conversation with them, let them know what's going on, and I'll cut them off, and that'll be that. This will have to be a one-time discussion. And that's very fair. The person told you, they gave you the reasoning on why they feel it is the way it is, and they, and they they shut it down. That is what you do when you respect and love somebody. That is completely left from the people who are looking to tell you to cut off your family they don't need you they don't love you completely different conversation so just wanted to clarify that um another which is i've heard several times and it's just i feel like it's one of the most hurtfulest things you could do uh honestly or say honestly because it's something out of your control i'll give you an example um the example i was going to say is for the mental abuses, if you look like that, I would actually love you. Prime example. Women do it jokingly and they don't know or they don't think about the effects it could have on a young man. But I'll give you an example. Let's say usually girls, ladies, like uh, let's use Chris Brown. Everyone knows who he is. He's not like when you say his name, you get a visual image of him. So let's just use him for visual image. So let's say your spouse says, oh, you know what, babe? Oh, I would love you so much more if you look like Chris Brown. Well, let's say as a man, you're 6'5", 6'4", whatever. 
you're dark skinned, you have dreads, whatever it is. You look absolutely, I'm just trying to throw this out there because you're the absolute opposite of Chris Brown. Now, if that's the case, why would she then tell you you should look like Chris Brown? Because how is that making you feel? Like, how can you ever obtain that? How can you ever achieve that? How could you ever make that happen? It just doesn't make sense. So for you to tell someone that on a mental state, it just messes with your psyche because you're thinking in your mind like okay maybe I could but then you're thinking like it's not humanly possible it's not like she said hey you know I'm really kind of over the dreads look I would like you to have a cleaner look you know could you possibly consider cutting the hair or consider at least cleaning it up making it look better that's something realistic you can't go out and say hey I want you to be um this person that's it's not realistic it's not a realistic thing so as far as physical abuse a lot of this is self-explanatory but still definitely want to go over that um physical abuse can be um you talk out of turn and they hit you whether they strike you directly or they nudge you or they push you or they shove you it's unacceptable it's unacceptable you have to love yourself enough you have to want it to love yourself enough and you have to be okay with leaving that person like there's no amount of love there's no amount of love that should equal physical abuse so if someone tells you oh i love you you're the one for me and then they go ahead and they beat you every night it's like well do you really love me do you really care about me do you really uh, care about my thoughts and opinions um another i uh, another thought i had was hurting you because you have your own thoughts and ideas now in a relationship you bounce ideas no one's always right no one's always wrong you kind of come to a compromise you kind of think of okay this is where i'm at this is where you're at let's kind of find a middle ground of this so hurting someone whether it be choking slapping striking them you know burning them cutting them because they have their own thoughts and ideas or they don't align with your thoughts and ideas that's physical abuse i mean you might like oh we're just playing like you know i don't even like wrestling or slap boxing or any of that nonsense because it's all physical abuse and people don't realize how important that is that you know the physical abuse takes a toll on you because you know now it's like every time you're thinking about having an idea or thinking about having some thought you're worried about speaking up or you're worried about speaking your mind because the last couple times you got struck you were hit so it just doesn't make sense you just have to notice the signs of physical abuse and you have to go ahead and um, decide if this is something that you're that even if you're in it right now, this is something you want to continue. Because usually it can continue one or two ways. Either you become a permanent punching bag or you'll be in the morgue. Um, another physical is uh, hurting you because a stranger shows interest in you. This happens a lot. I've talked to a lot of females about this. I'll give you an example. You and your spouse are outside. You guys could be holding hands or talking or whatever, going into a store. Some guy either stops you and goes, wow, you're very pretty. Or guys are eyeballing you from, a, from afar. 
and they, they're not even like trying to hide the fact that they're eyeballing you and then when you get back to the car it's more than just a conversation you get smacked or you're hurt or when you guys get back in uh, private together you're now uh, being punished for someone uh, showing interest in you and a lot of times a lot of times the interaction didn't even happen. It was something from afar. Maybe a group of people saw you and they were like, oh, thinking to themselves, she's a very pretty lady. Nobody personally walked up to you. You didn't personally walk up to anyone. You didn't actually flirt with them. They didn't flirt with you. But it's the simple fact that the person that you're with is insecure. So now instead of saying, hey, you know what? This makes me insecure when people look at you or this makes me insecure when you draw so much interest and you draw so much um, this is and this is why or this is why or at least explain why you're insecure about things maybe I dated someone very pretty and they always got a lot of attention and she wound up leaving me for one of the guys that's a better way of expressing yourself than oh I'm going to punish you and I'm going to abuse you and hurt you and make you feel bad until I feel good because I feel insecure about someone also showing interest in me. You know, because God forbid anyone else show their interest in you because at one time I didn't know you and I had to show interest in you. So I just never understood that philosophy, but it happens a lot more. And it's sad because when I've talked to ladies who've been through this situation, a lot of them don't even want to go outside. They don't want to get like too dressed up. They try to downplay what they wear or they you catch them wearing like baggy clothes or hoodies or glasses or all this kind of stuff to try to take away from their body or their frame or just people noticing them at all you know and and it's very interesting that you would live your life halfway or not wear your best outfit or not put on your makeup like you want or not do your hair a certain way because you're in fear of garnering attention which would then cause you to get in trouble in your household like if you're in that kind of situation or you've been in that situation you understand completely and you you got to get out of that because it's not going to get better because it's not you it doesn't matter what you wear it doesn't matter how you look whether you're dressed up some people are just naturally pretty people you know they they don't need makeup they don't need million dollar outfit they don't need any extra care their their hair could be all over their head their makeup could be undone they could have a baggy and they would still get to garner the same amount of attention as somebody who spent thousands of dollars and putting together an outfit so you it's definitely not you it's definitely the other person and you definitely have to realize it's just the insecurity of that person so you can't make their insecurities be the reason why you're not living the best version of your life. Uh, Another one for physical is hurting for my own enjoyment. No reason behind it. Just seeing the other's pain. So I've talked to a lot of people about this one as well. Like this, uh, when I spoke to people, males and females, who are in relationships that are abusive, a lot of times they were doing absolutely nothing. Like you could be doing absolutely nothing this person starts an argument with you just to get an argument started and next thing you know you know you're being struck for absolutely nothing you literally woke up and you walk downstairs and get water and it could be like why didn't you tell me you were getting water 
well, why didn't you do this? Or why weren't you doing that? And it and it's and it and it's very sad because it, it if you've ever met those people or if you ever was that person or are that person, you walk on eggshells. And then not only do you walk on eggshells with your spouse, you walk on eggshells with everyone because you're you're afraid of any kind of abuse at this point because not not only has it got very physical, but it it could get verbal. Um, and a lot of times it'll go physical, verbal, and mental, all three of them, um, because they'll go, well, you're so stupid, no one told you to do this, or no one told you to do that, um, so a lot of times you just have to really pay attention to that, um, definitely not your fault at all by any means, it's definitely someone who is insecure, again, with their self, and want to find a way to trap you and hold you and contain you. And make you feel less than because the the key is the lower I can make you feel about yourself, the lower I can have your self-esteem, the lower I can have you love yourself, the longer you'll stay, stay around, the longer you'll be codependent on me, the longer you'll be in a, how do you say, a, uh, a standstill or a be stagnant. Like you don't want to do anything without my permission. You scared to, you know, you want to inform me of everything because now you're concerned, like you're on eggshells, so it's like, hey, I'm just going to go to the restroom, and now all of a sudden, then you go to the restroom, well, hey, I'm just going to go do this, or hey, I'm going to just go do this, because you don't want any backlash, whether it be physical, verbal, or mental, so it, it's very interesting when it comes to that, um, I definitely say there's always several ways of reaching out for help. You know, whether it be friends, family, hotlines, people who don't know you, those are some of the best ways of finding help. Um, other physical is tell them, tell them I hurt you because I love you. Like when people say that, that's, they don't love you. Those people do not love you. Those people do not care about you. They'll tell you that because they want you to believe that they love you. And they want you to believe that that's what love looks like. Love does not look like that. Love is someone that supports you. Love is someone that makes you feel good about yourself. Love is someone that builds you up, whether it be financially, whether it be emotionally, whether it be spiritually, whether it be physically. They're, they're helping you with whatever it is. Maybe you're on a diet and they're helping you with that. Um, that's what love is. Me striking you watching you cry and then later telling you oh I love you you know I'm only this possessive or I'm only this controlling because I love you and I can never lose you I can never lose you to anyone I can never see you with another person like how could you love me and you could say you would never want to see me with another person I mean let's let's get to the root of that I've had exes and I would say that a good amount of my exes we've ended on good terms we grew up, we realized maybe this isn't something that we, you know, aren't a best fit for each other, or after finding out more things and more information, our values and goals didn't line up like I thought, like the physical attraction was there, but maybe the morals weren't there, the values weren't there, the negotiables, the non-negotiables weren't there, there were certain things that didn't align all the way to where it's like, okay, I love you as a person, and I want you to win as a person, but I'm not the person that can help you get to where you want to go. 
And there's there's nothing wrong with saying that because just because you meet someone and you're physically attracted to them, it doesn't mean that they're the person for you. You could be mentally attracted for, to them. And that doesn't mean they're the person to you. That doesn't mean you throw them away, though, that they're garbage, that they're less than, that they're, oh, well, you don't suffice all my needs, so I have no need for you. No, absolutely not. I love a lot of my exes. I feel that I want all of them to be successful in their careers or whatever endeavors they want to do, whether success for them looks like getting married and having a family, whether success for them looks like grinding and making uh, multi-million dollars, whether success looks like them starting their own business, whatever success means for them, I want them to have that because I genuinely love them as a person and I genuinely want them to be successful and do great things. So for me, um, there's no way in your mind that you should think that somebody smacking you, hurting you, harming you, any of that, and then telling you, oh, I do it because I love you, or you just make me so crazy, and I'm just so crazy in love with you. Like, yeah, it's a great song, Beyonce, but it's not a real thing. Like, you could be crazy in love with someone, and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Maybe you drop the ball, I drop the ball, and you have to be love them enough to be okay to let them go. Like, I love you. I wish the best for you. But at this current time, I don't think we're a good fit. You know, maybe we're too toxic for each other. Maybe, you know, I want things you don't want. Maybe some of my negotiables, or maybe some of our non-negotiables aren't are negotiables for you. So, you know, are for whatever reason, we don't align. And because of this, I have to let you go, you know. And it's okay. I, I want you to be great. Uh, if you get married... And you want to invite me, I'll be there clapping and so happy for you because you deserve love. Everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves to have that person that loves and care about them and cherish them. So I feel like if someone was to tell you, oh, I hurt you because I love you, they don't really hurt. They don't really love you. They're controlling you. Um, That kind of goes back to the mental thing of, oh, you do what I say and you're not allowed to have your own thoughts and ideas your ideologies how, how could you tell me how could you say that you love me and you don't even want to know my thoughts like you just want me to be a robot that does whatever you tell them to do and it, and it's just very interesting so these are just some of the things you want to look at I made a case for mental abuse and physical abuse uh, my personal opinion like I said earlier is mental abuse is a lot worse uh, I'm not discrediting Please know, I'm not discrediting anyone who's been through physical abuse. I'm not saying it's bad at all. I'm just saying as far as mental abuse, um, if you've ever, I'll give you another example. If you've ever given someone a compliment and they just didn't know how to take a compliment. Like, you know, most people, you give them a compliment. Okay, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. And maybe if they were raised right, they issue you a compliment. Like, oh, yeah, and I really love your XYZ just depends on how you were raised just using an example but there are people out here who just don't know how to take a compliment don't understand why you would do a nice gesture for them I remember one time I opened the door for a young lady and she couldn't even say thank you first off she was a little puzzled she was like why are you like she automatically assumed because I was opening the door for her I had some underlining 
underlining ideologies on what I wanted or there's something I needed from her and it's like no I just was raised to open the door for a lady if I see a lady behind me I'm gonna hold the door open let her go and then I'm gonna go in after it's just how I was raised as a man so but when you see people who've been through that it's a lot of just kind of mental breakdown as far as just you know you're not worthy of this you're not this and that so when you tell someone, you know, you're very beautiful, you know, and I've had that happen to me where I told someone, you know, I really love the dress. It looks really great with your skin complexion, you know, just threw out a compliment, genuine compliment, didn't try to get the phone number, didn't try to continue the conversation in any way, just was like, you know what, that's a great dress. It looks great on you. You know, it really does well for your uh, skin complexion or your hair or whatever it is I told them. And the lady was like automatically on the defensive, like, well, I'm married. Okay, I, I just said it was a nice dress. I didn't, I wasn't trying to pursue you. I wasn't trying to um, do anything other than just let you compliment, to let you know that if no one else said that the dress looks nice on you today, someone noticed and someone thought that it was just as nice as you thought it was because that's why you bought it. So, and I noticed that, and then I remember another time, I'll never forget, this young lady, um, I gave her a compliment, I don't know what it was, maybe it was similar to like, oh, um, it was about her hair, it's like, oh, that's a really great color for you, you know, because with ladies, some ladies, they only try several hair colors, some hair colors are definitely not a fit for you, whether it be your skin complexion, whether it be the hairstyle, it could be a mixture of things, however, the, however, comma, in this case, she had very, the, the color really did well for her skin. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. You know, it's a really great color you chose for your hair. You know, uh, do you like it or whatever? She's like, oh, yeah, I love it. I just tried. I just got it uh, done yesterday. I'm still kind of, you know, um, falling in love with it. And I was like, well, it's very nice. And then I was like, well, you have a good day. And I left it at that. And the lady stopped me down. She was like, well, well. Well, you're not gonna try to get my number? I was like, no, I just, I just felt like I just wanted to tell you that. You know, I felt like it was something that'd be nice to tell you. It's, it's a genuine fact. It wasn't the underlining. It wasn't like I'm gonna tell you this to get your number. It was just like I thought it looked great on you, and I figured I'd share. I mean, I don't know what. And she was just like appalled. Like she literally sat there for like five minutes, and she was just like so confused. She even asked, she like, so are you gay? Like. What's the problem? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually in a relationship. I just, I just really thought it was nice. You know, I didn't, I didn't know it couldn't just give someone a compliment and you know go from there and just leave it at that. I, it didn't have to be anything extra. So, and she kind of, surprisingly enough, she kind of said, well, you know, people just don't do that. Anymore. You know, she was honest. She was like, hey, you know, guys don't just come up to you and say something like that, or guys don't just come at you and are respectful first off you were respectful and second off it wasn't sexualized it wasn't um demeaning or degrading you would just you came up there very casually said what you said and you left so it was just like I was actually astonished so that's why I really wanted to find out what was going on because I was wondering if it was a prank or something because like most guys they automatically leave with the sexual and they automatically go way too far and and it's just like i just met you like you already like oh so what's uh what's under the dress like you know they automatically jump to something way left field and don't even know my first name 
And and she was like, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I definitely appreciate the compliment. I don't get compliments often. Uh, I do get compliments. Uh, I do get compliments often, but usually they're the unwanted compliments. So to get a genuine, uh, honest compliment is, is nice. It's a great feeling. And it was cool, you know. I made somebody's day. It was just genuine. And I think it was mainly because it was genuine. So I learned and I learned and I thought about that situation not too long ago, a couple days ago, because it got me thinking that maybe mentally she never had that. You know, maybe every guy that ever approached her automatically jumped to a sexual. Or maybe growing up, she wasn't told you're beautiful or she wasn't told this looks nice or you look very good in this or that or you know you never know how people were raised until you ask those hard questions and sometimes you can't ask the hard questions in the first date you have to just it just depends on the flow and you have to let things flow and like slowly after each date you ask a little bit more questions and you get a little better understanding of the person and you ask a little more questions and I mean to be honest if you really want to be honest you could spend 40, 50 years from a person with a person and not know a completely 100% of them for a lot of reasons. One, how much is that person willing to share with you? Two, uh, are you asking those hard questions? Because some people, if you don't ask, they have a don't ask, don't tell policy. If you don't ask the hard questions, they're not just going to openly be vulnerable. How vulnerable is that uh, person willing to be with you? These are all... Inklings, or these are all indicators on how deep you can get to know this person. So maybe if you actually had a deep conversation with them, you could say, you know what? Growing up as a young woman, I was always kind of tomboyish. No one really gave me compliments like that. The first compliment I got when I was growing up was a sexual compliment. So I, I kind of got turned off on compliments because all the compliments after kind of followed the same suit of, hey, what you got, what you doing, or what what's going on with us or this or that so like they automatically had a disdain for compliments and they automatically assumed that all compliments were sexual or all compliments were bad or um not something that they're interested in so that might be a form of mental abuse um and that might be a form that you don't even realize because it might go as simple as you tell your spouse, hey, you know, you look very great, man. And then they kind of brush it off like, yeah, okay. Or, oh, I remember this one. Oh, yeah, babe, you look very great in this. And then the young lady's like, stop, stop playing with me. Like, you don't mean that. You don't. Uh, and they're not saying it because they don't. They're saying it, yes, because they don't believe you. But they're also saying it because they don't have people in their life that tells them that. Like, the day I have a daughter, I will tell her she's beautiful from the time she's born until the time I hand her off to the, the young man or young woman that would like to take her hand. And then even after that, I'm going to tell her. Now, I'm going to let them know, like, look, I've set the bar very high for my daughter, so I need you to keep the bar up there. Don't be dropping that bar. But the point is, of the situation, is that if they have that mental, if they have that, if they've received that love, if they've received that mental stimulation of you know you can do whatever you want to do I believe in you I love you I trust you I think you're amazing like people think that these words of affirmations are just bs they're not they can really affect your mental psyche if someone's told you nothing but negative things and it's telling 
someone's told you nothing but hurtful things and someone's told you nothing but you're stupid, you're ugly, you're fat, you're not good enough, you're, you know, I wish you were this, I wish you were that, I wish you were dead, like, you know, how does that, you know, I, I think the worst thing you could tell a kid is, you're an accident, I should have never had you, I should have had an abortion, like, that all plays on your mental psyche, all plays on your mental psyche, so, mental psyche is huge, you have to be real careful, especially with your loved ones, on, it's all about your approach, I learned from my mother at a young age, it's all about your approach. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying my approach is always 100%, but I'm definitely working on it. I'm probably at like the 80% mark, 80% of the time. I have, I know how I want to approach a situation. I've thought about it. Sometimes I get caught up in the moment and I'm human like anyone else. But I've learned that the approach is very important and your approach can really control how the rest of the dialogue goes. So just be careful of your approach when it comes to people because that you can tear down someone's mental psyche. And then finally on the physical end, just kind of wrapping up physical now that we've wrapped up mental. Physical is tough. Um, I remember vividly um, I had a girlfriend years ago. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty affectionate person. You know, I'll give you a hug, kiss, whatever, you know, we're, you, you know, we're spouses. So one time I usually give her a hug from the front, you know, and one time she was doing something. I don't know if she was kicking in the kitchen or whatever. I gave her a hug from behind and she jumped and she kind of like, not like the jump that you get when it's like, oh, I forgot someone in the house, but it was just kind of like, a, oh, like, like almost jumped across the room. And I'm like, is everything okay? Like, did I hug you too hard? Like, what's going on? And she explained to me that, you know, her past abuser he would always come from behind with an attack like you know because usually when she could see it coming she would be able to duck or dodge or move out the way but he would always come from behind so like she'll be doing something and he just uh hit her in the back of her head or she'd be doing something and he just push her down or he'd be doing something and you know pull her hair or whatever nonsense he would do it would always be like a sneak attack kind of deal. So for her, she doesn't really like when people don't announce they're behind her or don't announce, hey, you know, or at least say something before you walk up because, you know, it gives her flashbacks of when she was in that situation. I never would have thought that. I never would have assumed that, you know, there's no way of knowing that because for me, I've never been abusive to a spouse. You know, so for me, I never would correlate, why is this bothering her? Like, I thought maybe I did something wrong or, you know, I had to smell myself. Like, well, maybe I need a shower. Like, what is it? You know, and when she broke it down because she could tell I was generally lost and generally, like, didn't mean any bad intentions to it once she calmed down, she explained and I said, okay, that makes sense. I'll make sure to never do that or I'll announce, like, hey, babe, what's going on? You know, and you'll know that I'm coming. So it's just very interesting. Like sometimes the physical abuse, the physical bruises heal, but like certain situations trigger it. Certain situations might trigger that uh, feeling or trigger that moment of when you were vulnerable. So it definitely mental, definitely physical abuse is tough. Um, sometimes they have, I know people who have long lasting scars. 
Um, I know a young lady who was telling me she used to cut herself. And by cutting herself, it made her feel good temporarily. But now that she's healed from that that physical abuse, you know, she definitely reflects on the scars. I mean, she kind of uses that motivation. And she, when she was explaining it to me, she was saying this was the lowest part of my life. And I love that I have the scars because it makes me remember it. And it makes me remember how hard, how much harder I need to go and how much harder I need to push myself. Because at the end of the day, like I can look down and go, you know, I never want to be back in that situation. I never want to be in that situation where I feel so helpless that the only way I can get a, a release or the only way I can get a um, moment of just peace is cutting myself. And, uh, and being able to be shipped off to the hospital for a couple of days and away from him. That, that right there is telling enough. So definitely physical. Uh, and it also, you know, don't want to go too explicit, but I'll just leave it at when someone experiences physical abuse, it could be rape, it could be abuse just in general. You know, you have to be patient because they may have been called dumb, stupid or uh, hurt you know I've, I've, I've heard of people that you know were punched in the ribs and all that stuff so like they they're not comfortable with getting undressed in front of someone they're not uncomfortable with sharing their self with someone they're not comfortable with sitting there and just cuddling because like they're not used to that they're used to being used and abused like a piece of meat you know, and that's not just a female thing, males too, like, they're used to being abused physically, and just, you know, okay, I'm done with you, and toss them, toss them, and okay, you can get out, or go do something, you know, they, they didn't go, they didn't have that loving relationship of let's cuddle, let's talk, let's have conversations, you know, let's make this a special moment, they have more of a come here now, do what I say, okay, get out, you know, and so their ideologies and their thoughts and what they've been through, uh, for them physically, maybe they don't enjoy sex anymore, maybe they don't enjoy um, being touched in a sexual way anymore, because all their sexual experiences, uh, physical, maybe they were raped, maybe they were uh, beaten, So you have to really be patient, be understanding, and be caring. Because what will happen is you'll get in a situation, you'll get to that point, something will transpire that will give them a flashback to that moment, and they're going to want to stop, or they're going to want to, or they start crying, or something like that. In that moment, you need to be there for them. You can't be off into, oh, well... Let's just keep doing what we're doing because it feels right or try to convince them or manipulate them into continuing because it won't get the result that you need. The result that you need to is, hey, I'm here for you. Whatever it is you want to talk about, we, we can stop right now. If you don't want to talk, if you're just more comfortable just sitting here, I'm here. You 
you know, I'm here for a shoulder for you to cry on, or you can talk about it, whatever it is you want. If you're not, we can sit here quietly and just enjoy each other's peace. We can, we don't have to talk about it. So I learned that, uh, I learned that, and I, and I'm so grateful. I wish I knew the young lady's name, but I'm so grateful for the young lady who taught me that because I never would have got that. Like, I'm not a abusive, physically abusive person. So for you to say, hey, you know what? Uh, when this happens, this triggers me. Or when this is this, this bothers me. So please don't do this. Don't say this. Don't act on this or that. Uh, or respect this or that. You know, or hey, you know, I'm not upset with you, I'm just having a flashback, you know, these are all important telltale signs, so I just want to say thank you everyone for joining on the podcast, Finding the One Podcast, we do have an email, Finding the One Podcast at yahoo.com, Finding the One Podcast at yahoo.com, love to hear your concerns, your thoughts, your ideas, your reviews, the love all, criticism, just try to keep it positive, everyone stay safe out there, you know, stay blessed, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on in the world, we got a presidential election going on, we got the temperature of the overall country flaring, you know, it's a lot going on, so just kind of be self-aware, a lot more alert out there, and just be nice to one another, you know, just to be caring and thoughtful to a stranger. You know, I challenge you to be thoughtful to a stranger, caring to a stranger. Uh, Definitely we'll have more content next week. Uh, Next week, episode four is about mental health. It's a very important topic. I feel like it's kind of downplayed in a lot of different communities, you know, and definitely going to touch on that more. So uh, definitely invite you to check out next week's episode four of Mental Health. And this has been your host for Fighting the One podcast, Reese. And I appreciate you listening on whatever platform it is that you listen to the show on.